Welcome in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, where uh, every single day, if it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, it's a big deal to us, and we are going to talk about it and uh, just do all those things that we enjoy doing. Uh, my name is Jay Kyle Mann. I am a senior video producer at The Ringer, and I am joined by... <laughs> Go ahead, Kyle. Oh, yeah. Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Right. Right. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a uh, freshman reporter for The Athletic. I agree. So uh, in terms of quality, that's for sure. So <laughs> Kyle and I are, uh, you know, per usual, recording really late at night. Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about a uh, little football, a little basketball, a little grab bag. We've got a few, a few good NBA. things. NBA. A few good things to talk about, some NBA stuff. Um First, we want to talk a little bit about the, the every single year. This is the thing that comes out, and people, I don't know, what really is the value of the preseason ranking? I mean, it's zero. Uh, I mean, hype and telling us marketing, on, telling people early on like what games to care about, um, or giving them a reason to care about these early season games. And case in point. Um, I mean, I think people would be excited about it, whatever, despite no matter what number was beside these teams' names. But because this AP poll came out and it is one Michigan State, two Kentucky, three Kansas, four Duke, uh, it sets the stage for like must see TV in the opener. Um, it's going to be one versus two Michigan State, Kentucky, three versus four Kansas against Duke on the same night in the same building. The first night of the season uh, at the Champions Classic in Madison Square Garden, and in so, the mecca, yeah, of that's, basketball. I folks. mean, that's that's pretty pretty damn exciting. I mean, it was going to be anyway. They're all blue bloods. It's the Champions Classic for a reason. That event has been, I would say, too, regardless of ranking, that event has been a home run to me. Uh, it's something to get excited about every year, like right at the beginning of the season in early November, when probably most people wouldn't be. Um, it's always, you know, all four of those teams are always good. I mean, they're only, they're like lowest point is still better than most. Yeah. And most years they're all kind of legitimate national title contenders. It probably Th- should be North Carolina, but since, you know, the conference thing and it, uh, it's, it's, it represents. Yeah. I mean, that was the point. Of, uh, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. the point of it was to balance it. You got the Big Ten, the SEC, the Big 12, and the ACC. Uh, and and then you have the CBS Sports Classic that has sprung up as I guess in reaction to that, just what a year or two later, which Kentucky's also involved in, which I think could use a tweak. Um, it's Kentucky, Carolina, UCLA. At that point, you can't really argue. I mean, UCLA hasn't been great, but that's still that brand carries so much weight, and it also gets the West uh, involved. But Ohio State is kind of a big meh. To me, like if yeah. if Louisville was in the CBS Sports Classic, then Which they should be. You'd really yeah. have something, and then basically Kentucky and Louisville could play home and away in the years that they're not, you know, because it changes every three years. So you every third year you're playing on a neutral site in that event, and the rest of the time you're playing home and away. That's a perfect solution, and yeah. they should also get back to doing that with North Carolina, play home and away when they're not playing them in that event. Um, and, and, but I want to see them playing Carolina every year. So anyway, those are, I guess I'm, I'm, um, digressing, digressing, you are a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) it it is meaningless. I mean, to, to some extent it is meaningless, but it's at least notable. I think this is the first time 
that the Champions Classic that those four teams went one, two, three, four like that. Um, uh, yeah, I feel like they've had they've been like close to five. They've yeah. had uh, yeah, but I don't know. I was going to say yeah. Last time Kentucky played in Madison Square Garden, it was uh, it was Michigan State, right? Yeah, it was, and yeah. they beat them by twenty. No, no, no. Yeah, the Malik Monk. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the Monk Fox team. They remember they they just kind of ran away from them. I think Monk had like seven threes or was something. It? Okay, was, I know the yeah. first time it happened, they played. Uh, it was the title year, the first Champions Classic. They played Kansas at Madison, in Madison. Square Garden and beat yeah. them. Um, also in the AP poll, notable is no, is right after those top four, five and six are Louisville and Florida teams that Kentucky's going to play. Uh, Florida twice. That's uh, you know the hype is is picking up for Kentucky's rival and also its rival in the conference. I mean, I think people are really buying the hype on, on uh, Florida since they got Blackshear. I was high on Florida anyway, although it was going to be problematic if they didn't get <laughs> Kerry Blackshear. But with him, I believe, and it looks like a lot of other people believe, they're legitimate Final Four contenders. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like we've given Florida their due on this podcast, really. and But I think Louisville... You know, Louisville's going to be pretty good, uh, too. You know, pretty pretty balanced. Got some guys coming back. Now, you know, it is a team that uh, they, they had a good recruiting class, and it, and it is a team that lost in the first round on the first day in the first game to a, to a pretty mediocre Minnesota team. So. But they added a lot of players. They did. I mean, they they McDonald's did. All-American, a, kind of a road grader, and uh, a Niggy Han. I mean, they've, they've added some really good players. Oh, um, for sure. I'm I'm just kind of throwing in the whole balance there, but I do I do think they're going to be a good team. And they also had that uh, that ridiculous Duke team, like not just beaten but blown out before, just totally letting off the gas and and uh, I mean choking in as about as spectacular a way as I think you could choke. That is one of the most incredible that game. I I still can't believe it. Yeah, Arizona's ranked pretty low. I feel like their backcourt alone is going to make them a pretty tough, pretty tough team. Josh Green and uh, Nico Mannion really. The, like that. What do they call him? The Red Rocket. <laughs> I don't know about that nickname. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, dog penis. Yeah. <laughs> I think they call him. I think they call him. No, maybe not the. It can't be the. It can't be the Red Rocket. <laughs> they called him the dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! What a little kid uh, chuckle that was. Oh, I just kid. Uh, That's really funny. Oh it's man! It's a funny mm. nickname. Nico's a good. He's a good player. He's going to be a good college player at the very least. Um, um, other notable things. Yeah. Besides the Red Rocket in the uh, rankings, Kentucky's going to. Also play 13 Texas Tech on the road, which is interesting. Team that played for the national title last year but lost a ton. Uh, I think people are just assuming that Chris Beard's going to have a really good team again because he, he like lost everything last year and then went to the national championship game. Good teacher, good system. They'll, they'll be good. Yeah. Um, they also signed one of their best recruits in, in school history this year. So uh, I think his name's like uh, Ramsey, Javius Ramsey. Yeah, I think that's uh, right. Memphis at 14. Not yeah. playing Memphis, but that's notable. James right, Wiseman. Right, right, right. Um, a little surprised they're not in the top 10. I think people are really skeptical skeptical of Penny. Um, I think that's interesting. I mean, because they signed like the like clear number one class in the country with the clear number one player. Um, he, probably, uh, he probably threw his phone posits at the wall. Yeah, I'm sure he was pissed. He probably, and- he probably cursed Rick Barnes again. Yeah. 
18 Ohio State, they're playing out in Vegas, which is going to be a fun week because they play Utah earlier in the week and then Ohio State in that CBS Sports Classic. So I'll be out there for five days and try not to die. Um, LSU 22, they play them just once this year, and I think it's at LSU. I can't remember. Uh, And Auburn coming off the Final Four at number 24. They play them twice. Um, And then I think, what, Tennessee? Looks like Tennessee was just outside the rankings. You expect they'll be pretty good again. Um, I think there's eight eight total games against the top 25 um, for Kentucky. So pretty good schedule. Pretty crappy home non-conference schedule, but the overall schedule is going to be plenty challenging. Well, do we think Kentucky is properly ranked, underranked, overranked? What do we think? Uh, I think it depends on it depends on what you think of a preseason ranking should be. Like, is it a projection of where these teams will be at the end of the year? Um, I think that, that Kentucky's in a fine spot. Um, do I think they could come out and get just walloped again? Against Michigan State, yeah. Um, I don't know if I, yeah, I don't know if I think they're going to get blown. I just think it's going to be that's going to be a tough game against a veteran team and a really star veteran point guard. Um, you know, on opening night, and they haven't really figured out how they're going to play with all, with these pieces they have. I would um, be a little more worried if it was a star like three through three through five kind of a person because you know Kentucky does have some returning guys that have have some experience playing against some like high level college basketball players that know how to get their own shot. Auburn comes to mind specifically. Both of those guys were pretty much as good as it's going to get as terms of shot creators. You know that stretch right. all the all the way out to thirty feet in Bryce. Bryce uh, not not Bryce Harper, Bryce Brown and uh, and uh, Jared Harper, but uh, yeah, and the yeah, last I, time they they faced those guys, they gave up fifty points and blew the elite eight. So for sure, well, you know, I just think I don't know that they'll yeah. necessarily be blindsided, but but uh, Cassius Winston is a really good player. He's, and, you uh, know, I think probably the front runner for national player of the year. Yep, yep, it's very possible. So uh, we'll we'll be it'll be interesting to see how that all pans out. Let's take a break and then we'll. Uh, We'll, we'll give you some more of the good stuff. I think I was not alone, but I know that uh, Winyan Gabriel was paying attention to me specifically, doubting his decision uh, to go into the draft a couple years ago because he um, referenced it. I can't remember now how he referenced it, but he directly re- referenced something that I tweeted or wrote um, in like sort of a clapback last year. Um you know, and I'm you know, look. I mean, it was before the draft. It was before the draft happened. I just said if if Winyan leaves, like he's not going to get drafted, which he didn't get drafted. Um, but um, I, I have to say, really impressive today uh, as we record on on Monday night. Winyan Gabriel was elevated to a regular contract in the NBA. He's not a two way guy. He's not going to be in the G League. He is on the roster with a full contract um, for the Sacramento Kings. And I did not see that coming. And he totally bet on himself. He did go undrafted. He scratched and clawed and played in a pizza uniform last year, uh, which was one of the worst uniforms anybody's ever created um, as some kind of minor league promotion, but played really well, played great in the summer league. I talked to him out in summer league. I talked to Vlade Divac about him 
at summer league and they were everybody in the organization was starting to get excited about him i mean he's he shoots it great for a <clears throat> excuse me six nine guy and plays really hard and has developed his body and um you know he he earned his spot so so good for winyan congrats to him and i'm i'm frankly surprised are you surprised that winyan gabriel's in the nba as the season starts i guess what today as we're recording or as people are listening on tuesday uh, I thought it was possible. I mean, I was getting to the point where I was wondering about like, what what it, what is Winion Gabriel going to bring you? What what are going to be his sort of uh, s- solid like swing skills that'll keep him in the league? And it's like, does he shoot it well enough? I mean, how how, how I was starting to get to the point where I was like, how fast is he laterally? But he seems pretty switchable. I mean, in the summer league, he went went ten points, shot thirty seven percent from three. Uh, I mean, he's he's long and he can hit open shots. I don't know how much he's going to play this year because uh, I don't know how much he really addresses what the Kings need. Uh, and they have a lot of guys at his sort of at his position. But uh, I mean, I'm happy for him. I, I was I didn't think he needed to leave, uh, but I also would go ahead and say that I don't really know that staying would have made it would have improved his lot i think yeah he kind of is what he is kind of a deal like i don't don't know that there was like just this raw teaming with potential type of thing like he does have potential but i just think that uh the ways that he was going to get better i I don't know if college would have been if it would have been a shoe-in thing that would have happened yeah yeah I, i think in the end he probably did the right thing for himself i mean my thing is always if you go undrafted and you end up in the G League, you can go south in a hurry because I think it can be so mentally discouraging. Uh, and you're going to go face a bunch of you know 30 year olds who are on their you know last gasp. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's just a lot of re- lot of ways that can go bad for a young guy. But he he obviously handled it the right way. Um, he's one of I think 29 guys that are going to be on opening day ro- NBA rosters from Kentucky. It's insane. Uh, and, and that number continues to be huge and, and ridiculous. Um, your primary focus at the ringer is NBA guys, and you're, you obviously have followed Kentucky guys as well. I'm curious who are the who are the Kentucky dudes that you are you know most intrigued by as the season starts. I know you're one of your big things is kind of projecting guys that are about to explode, and so um, in that regard, maybe who are some guys you're keeping an eye on. Well, by the time you hear this, uh, my Fox video, I'm pretty sure. Well, actually, I think it's going to air live as a part of something the Ringer's doing called uh, NBA Preview Palooza. Uh, nice. And uh, I mean, just to, I'll spoil a little bit. I mean, I do think that Fox is going to take a step up this year and and have a have a good year. I mean, obviously, Shea's going to be in a position to shine a little bit. Hero's in a great position. Bam is too. Um, Davis, I think, is on track, like we talked about with Brett. Davis is on track to have a historic year. I think uh, Kentucky fans, I don't know that it necessarily needs to be impressed upon them how special Davis is. But, you know, if you go through and you just look at how rare it is to get somebody that goes on to the MVP curve in terms of, like, cumulative statistical profiles, uh, it was – Davis is probably the most unique player that's ever played at Kentucky, and he's in a position to join the elite of the elite because he's going to be a little bit ahead of schedule in terms of like MVP primes. Um, you could argue that he was a contender for that, and if he'd stayed healthy, he may, maybe would have done it before. But this is going to be a really special year to watch. Davis, um, 
who am I forgetting just in terms Carl of Carl Towns? Uh, Carl Towns obviously is on that remarkably. Carl Towns is really close to that pace too. Carl is extremely special uh, in a situation where he's going to be able to um, be utilized a little differently and uh, potentially show not some more mentally, of what he's going to do. Not be mentally abused by a teammate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The sky's the limit for Carl offensively and defensively. He's got a lot to prove. Big swing year for him. Can he um, be an MVP down the road? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He can. I think Carl could definitely be at the at a first-team All-NBA type guy. He's got a lot. He Like I said, he's got a lot to prove to to people. Uh, but I, I definitely think Carl is that type of talent. Like, uh, he's you just don't – you don't get many guys at his size uh, that can create their own shot – from distance like yeah. you know uh, him and Porzingis Markinen isn't really even as as nimble you know Durant obviously is a guy that can do that uh, but guys at that size man they call them unicorns uh, for a reason they're really really rare is there anybody else that's at the early stages of their career that if if they developed the right way if they if things broke the right way or if they got out of a bad situation into a better situation is you know high high level potential like like you said maybe not it maybe not even mvp but first team uh, all nba which i guess sort of puts you into the mvp race at least yeah that's kind of how i break it down in this uh it's something that i'm working on for the future is kind of just talking about uh players and their careers and how they start but one of the ways you have to sort of break down how the category categories of players is you know you have mvp all NBA, which is basically the top 10 players, all stars, the top 24, starter, rotation, roster, sub roster. Now, in that top tier, it's really difficult to get into that top tier of like first team all NBA, MVP type guys. Um, it's, it's typically the same guys over and over again. If I had to guess, I don't personally see Fox climbing up into that first team all NBA. I could see him sniffing. Um, I expect him to make some all star teams. Uh, he'll be sort of near that bottom of that tier, probably, if I had to guess. Murray, I don't expect that. I do expect Murray to be like an all-star, but probably not first-team All-NBA or MVP. Um, who else Who else can we just rattle off here? Um, the, Kentucky hasn't really had that type of talent. That's something that we've talked about a lot lately, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, they haven't had one of those guys in a while. Yeah. yeah. One guy I wanted to mentioned to you that's it's it's not in this conversation at all but that i'm baffled by a little bit baffled maybe not totally baffled by um has not even become like a good nba player is malik monk oh yeah like what what went wrong with malik monk i think that it was first of all it was a terrible situation for him like it was never going to work him and kimba I mean, you know, as much as I love Michael Jordan and I worship at the altar of his glory, <laughs> I just think, and I grew up in the golden age of Jordan, as did you, Yes. but um, a lot of special just memories of him. And he, it's hard to, to sort of, but he's not unassailable as a front office guy, you know, and I just think that him and uh, I think it was Rich Chow is the name of the GM at the time. I don't think Kupchak was the GM at the time, but. Monk was a terrible pick for them. Uh, him, him and Kimba were never going to be a fit, uh, especially him, Kimba, and Jeremy Lamb. Like, no, it's just he. I think that Monk's destiny ultimately is to be the sort of a second unit flamethrower type guy on a decent team that comes in during the second quarter kind of stretch. Like you're like a Lou Williams, 
Jamal Crawford. That ain't a bad place to be. Lou Williams has carved out a hell of an NBA career, been, what, sixth man of the year? Yeah, yeah. A guy who was – and that would be a very similar career arc because uh, Lou Williams was this super – was he National High School Player of the Year? I mean, he was – he was damn he good. He was a really high level high school player. Committed to Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. Where did he end up playing? Nowhere, right? Did he, he go straight he, to the he league? He skipped. Yeah. He's in my class, actually. Right. My my high school class. Um, yeah. You know, and and it took him a little while to get going, and now he's like, you know, he's in on many teams became a really indispensable dude. Yeah, there's a sort of an interesting line to to tread between having like super irrational confidence and having that having that in your in your DNA as a person and as a competitor which I you know Malik has Malik thinks he's the best player on earth uh, but also being smart enough to know how to stick around in the league uh, Dan Devine actually for the ringer just wrote a really great piece about what it takes to stick around in the NBA I'd encourage people to go look that up but monk Monk is a is a sharper guy than I think people give him credit for because he has that kind of goofy personality. You and I have talked about this several times, but I don't know. I, I think that he could end up. It'll be interesting to see if if Charlotte you know matches him when he gets into that restricted free agent time, if the, or if they trade him or or if they let him go, kind of a thing. Because I I would love to see his role in a different setting, what it would be like. Uh, because I don't think that Charlotte is the best spot for him. I never yeah. really have. But. It's weird because, like, if you go through his career game logs, he just has, like, just game on game on game on game of no contribution and then, like, 25 points. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's he's got, I think, you know, a handful of, like, 25-point games in his yeah. NBA career. So When anyway. he gets it going, man, he is something else. We've seen it. So. God, I mean, what he, those, some of the games he had at Kentucky, he was that was such a fun team and especially by the end of the year that that one really is a shame it didn't go to the final four because you know by the end fox was the best point guard in the country and bam was really playing well and malik monk was the dude nobody wanted to face on any given night um and almost bank shotted off balance threed them into the final four anyway yeah man he was something else let's uh let's take one more break we'll talk a little recruiting and a little football So let me just say something here for a second. I think that you guys should maybe respect Kyle Tucker as uh, as a recruiting source. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to dive any more into that. I think that he does not get his due. I'm just going to say, and and he withholds a lot. Uh, and uh, I'm just I'm just letting you all know that. I'm just going to put that out there. I'm not going to put him in a position to say it. I'm just going to leave it. I'm going to turn around and back away. But anyway, so uh, Cade Cunningham was visited tonight by John Calipari. Yeah, and I guess apparently at at Cade Cunningham's request. Um uh, you know, it, like that is pretty come on now. On a Monday night? Yeah, I mean that's that that <laughs> I don't know, man. I it, you know, the brain keeps saying like they can't pull this off. Um but they, I mean, John Calipari keeps acting like they can, <laughs> if that makes sense. And Cade Cunningham keeps entertaining it. Um, I will say it's it, like, it'll be the ultimate, like <laughs> the ultimate a-hole move uh, of by a recruit. If this was all just a big front, you know, a big time waster. Um, I mean, it's fine if the kid ultimately chooses somewhere else, but he's really, I think, convinced 
Kentucky that they are that they should be wait, they should be spending their time on him. Um, and if he's just always if it's always gonna was gonna be Oklahoma State and his brother in the end, then this is kind of silly. Um, but it kind I mean, the longer it goes, the less it feels like that that it's a waste of time. Um, and Cal, I don't you know, Cal sat down with a handful of reporters in August. I can't remember. A few of us for this preseason roundtable we do with them every year. And one of his huge talking points that he just kept coming back to over and over and over this summer was, I'm not going to be a hat on a table. I've told my staff, do not let us be just a hat on the table. Uh, let's find out who's serious and spend time on them. I don't want to waste time. I don't want to waste money. I don't want to travel to see kids that just want us to be a hat on the table. And for that to be his like chosen talking point of the summer – I mean, that was the number one thing that he was clearly trying to message this summer, and that he's flying on. He held up. He held a practice this morning, so that he didn't. So that he could practice his team and fly to Florida to see Cade Cunningham tonight. Um, yeah, it's you know he's not changing practice for the team and getting no. on a plane if he doesn't think that he can get this kid. Um, and to me, he is absolutely in, okay, he's rejuvenated by this being his second 10 years, the whole, it's a clean delineation. First 10 years, this is what we accomplished, signed a new 10 year deal. This is, he called it second tour of duty. Now, what are we going to do in my second 10 years? You think he's been listening to that Tim McGraw song? <laughs> yeah. My next 10 years will be. Uh, I think it's, he's uh, live like you're dying or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Go skydiving, <laughs> Rocky Mountain climbing. We should just do, redo two point seven seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. Yep, um, I'm impressed you know all those lyrics. Oh yeah, man. Job, man, I grew up on country music. Um, my aunt used to work for RCA Records, and so I went backstage with Alan Jackson. And I have a there's a somewhere an awesome picture of me with Clint Black when I was like 16 years old. You got to dig this up, but oh yeah, I'll find so. it. I know. I mean, I could sing you Chattahoochee. I could wake up cold and sing every word of ch- every line of Chattahoochee. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but Cade, yeah. But so Cade, Cal, I mean, Cal, Cal is, Cal is, Cal is yeah. acting like a dude who thinks he can get this guy, and I think he he is actively trying to build like the Death Star <laughs> for the next season. And if you get Cade Cunningham, you're I think you're about one part away from completion of the Death Star. It is, uh, I told you, watching the team on Friday night, man, I was like, Cade could play for this team right now and, and play a lot. And he could possibly be the best player yeah. on the team. I mean, he uh, might be the best player in college basketball this year if he played. Yeah, that would that one would be close, but it would be, he'd be, he'd be one of the better players. Like he, he's just a, such a high IQ player and, and, uh, man, it's, it's, it's going to be wild, uh, to see what happens with that. What football real quick. We had, uh. A little tidbit that you thought was pretty funny, and I agree. I like. I thought it was funny. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, one, one, just the newsy piece of it is that Sawyer Smith appears to be, although it may be again another smokescreen, at least available for the Missouri game. Uh, Stoop said that he was hoping, hopefully, Sawyer will be back to near one hundred percent. I don't know. I, I think they still go Lynn Bowden for one more week against Missouri and try to survive and then get to those four winnable games with a healthier quarterback after a bye week. 
But the the more interesting thing, uh, two two things, Cash Daniel, who had been in the concussion protocol uh, during UK's first bye week, then left the game the other night with dizziness. Uh, there wasn't much more update. That's a little concerning on Cash Daniel. But the thing you're talking about that really struck me in, in terms of its honesty is the question people have asked is what, what, why is Xavier Peters not playing? And he's the former four-star recruit who committed to Kentucky, then decommitted, then went to Florida State, and then transferred from Florida State. Um, outside linebacker, you assume he could really help there. And this is what Mark Stoops said about him not being at the Georgia game. I left him at home. It's our job to teach Xavier what our expectations are and how to handle your business here. He has a hard time getting to things on time and doing the things we ask him to do. So until he gets that straightened out, he won't play. That's Oy. that's an unusual level of frankness in a personnel decision from a college football coach. Uh, but I like it. Um, yeah. You know, you got to be really, you know, I, I think all sure coaches – well, and also all coaches let a few things slide. So you got to be really screwing up for them to just call you out publicly like that. Um, so now we know, though. So everybody can stop asking about Xavier Peters. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, pretty, pretty good stuff there. And it's nice to see that, you know, one of the more embarrassing things to see is whenever a, a, a program or a coach just becomes so beholden to the talent that they let them walk all over them. And it's nice to see that Kentucky's in a spot where with a kid like this, where, where he's, you know, holding them accountable and you like to see that. So anyway, uh, you got anything that you want to promote here before we wrap up? Uh, no, I think I mentioned that the letters from home are, are about to come back. Um, finishing up one with Keon Brooks's dad right now. And I don't think that's going to be out Tuesday, but I'm hoping, hopefully Wednesday. So it'll be coming up and we'll talk about it after it is published. Sweet. Yeah. Like I said, check out uh, my video coming out tomorrow about our main man, De'Aaron Fox. And uh, yeah, it's called The Leap. It's going to be on the Ringers YouTube. Subscribe to that. Subscribe to The Athletic. Follow me on Twitter uh, at JKyleMan. Follow Kyle Tucker at KyleTucker underscore A-T-H. And uh, we will catch you next time, folks. Later on. are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.